acted all alright. Had no need to fight tonight, tonight. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Bread to Build podcast, a project dedicated to sharing the stories of the people who build and those who help move construction forward. My name is Brett Gowen. I'm the founder of Hammer and Builders of Insta, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Panella. What is going on, guys? It's Matt Panella, and welcome back to another episode of the Bread to Build podcast. So today we got Ernie Villarino on the podcast and we're going to be talking about union versus non-union and probably the most badass hammer that you will ever see. So we're going to take a jump into that and big, big news, November 11th. If you're listening to it today, he's going to be dropping the earner brand hammer. So we're going to talk about that. Ernie, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show, my man. What's up guys? How are you doing, brother? We're doing good. Real good. Thank you for having me. We just had a one of the longest like intro conversations before we even started the podcast. But this guy's got yeah, some good depth. time. Good time. <laughs> this guy, this guy's got some depth to him. So uh, Matt and I are really, really stoked to have you on here. Um, super pumped to to get to know your story and everything that you got on, you got going on. Um, so tell tell us a little bit about your story. You're you're the very first union carpenter that we got on the show. I'm really just curious, man. Like like tell us your story. Where where did all of this start from? Let's, uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay, so I, I used to be a pro rollerblader and uh, had sponsors, got paid all through high school. And then I stopped doing that and I was living at home. And my old man was a, um, he was GC, general contractor, and uh, real old school. He's like, well, fuck, you don't get to live in my uh, house for free. You're going to go to work. I was like, what's that? <laughs> what <do you> mean? <laughs> what's that? <laughs> He's like, I, I got something for you, right? So, he uh, had me tear off a roof and then uh, I was pretty good at it. And then, so he had me shingle it. And uh, I think I was like 16, 16 or 17, right about that age. And then, um, so I, I started working for my dad full time. And then I got this thing that was really cool. It was called money. You know what I mean? And I may start making a lot of money and it was like, well, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. I didn't think about school or anything like that. And then, uh, and I asked him about college and this and that. And he's like, he's like, trust me. He's like, you're going to make a lot more money here. He's like, but it's up to you. If you want to go to school, go to school. He's like, but I'm not going to pay for it. Right. Real, real, just like, so anyway, then I found this other thing. After I got that money, I started getting girlfriends and then it was all over. Right. So it was, it, <laughs> I guess I was stuck. And uh, so, you know, you, you're working like a man and you're partying like a man. And uh, so then, um, I started working for my old man. So by the time I was, uh, by the time I was 19, I could, I could build a house from the ground up, uh, start to finish. Yeah. You know, foundation. First he had me dig them by hand too. And, uh, pick a shovel and then, you know, footings, foundations, set the forms, frame, cut the roof. I got to learn how to cut a roof, like actually cut the roof, not trusses. And that was pretty cool. And then, after that, I was like, all right, cool. Now you got a crew of two. So I had, I was young. I was 19. I had a crew of two and drove the work truck and we'd go do remodels and then I'd run them. And after that, I got to a point where it was, uh, he didn't pay me that much. I mean, it was a father son thing. And uh, yeah, you know, he was making three quarters of a million a year back then. There we go. In business, you know, between six guys, I was, I was pretty good back then. And uh, so, uh, I said, what do I do now? And he's like, well, there's, there's nothing really else I can teach you. You know how to build. He's like, either you do your own thing or 
or why don't you go join the union? So then I called a friend of mine. He, he was working union and uh, he got me on. Yeah, he, I said, hey man, you get me on? I need a job. And he's like, so I thought you were for your dad. I said, I was, but it's a kind of time to move on. And he wasn't paying me that much. But anyway, long story short, so I joined the union and uh, been the union ever since. And then I got my license. Then I was a GC for a while, for almost four years. And then the market crashed. And then uh, I got lucky. I got a job. And then uh, I stayed busy and I've been doing it ever since. So you're, you're, you're back with union full time right now? Yeah, I've been with the union for almost probably like seven years, eight years straight. Oh, wow. Uh, which which yeah. union are you with? Local 619 uh, out of San Diego. With, with, with Manny, right? Yeah, yeah. Manny's, Manny's with us. A shout out to Manny. Yeah, Manny's a cool dude. He's going to be listening to this. You better yeah. be listening to this, Manny. <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man, he's a cool guy, man. He's He does some good work. You guys are freaking rad. I, I give you props for what you do because there's no way in hell I could do it. Um, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. <laughs> Ernie, like, uh, like, I, like I was telling you before we were jumping on the podcast, I mean, like even me growing up doing residential stuff with my dad and everything, like seeing what you guys build, I, I don't know if it like opened my eyes, but when I lived in San Diego, seeing some of the bridges, down there there's just like very fascinating projects and then actually seeing you guys build that i mean the the perspective around it is i think a lot of people just in society see these bridges built and they never really think of like how they're how they're built how they're like the people that take and like how much effort it takes to actually build these things and so when i see you guys it's just like so badass to me that like people like you build these massive structures and then hundreds, if not millions of people drive these on a day-to-day basis. And it is, I don't know, the, the perspective and just what you guys do is just like, to me, out of the world. And that's just not like flattery. It's just, I think it's just perspective that you bring to an entire industry. Like these guys build some insane stuff. I, agree with that. I, I say, I say people like us, people like you, people like you, Matt, I mean, it takes a lot of different people to make it happen. It's not just the hammer swingers. There's the logistics involved, the project, the real estate. I mean, you can see how it's a real, a real ecosystem of what works to make it happen. Oh, it it's takes shipping. everybody. Yeah. Like on a smaller project, like, like what, what I used to do, it was like, I'd go get my material. I'd bring my material. I'd load my material. Now it, in our projects, it's, it's a full on logistics just to get it right. And then we have to schedule mud. So that's why it's so important. You're ordering 600 yards. That just doesn't come out of the local. I mean, you got to have that stuff ready so they can have enough concrete just to make that pour. Yeah. That's planned ahead. Yeah. Um, That's why we work late in concrete so much. This is the schedule. We got to chase the schedule and this is what it is. Like it's, it's not like, Hey, we might be able to have it done by this date. That's why some guys don't like high rise because high rises, you're, as soon as you start, you're under the gun. As soon as you're finished, guess what? You're back under the gun. We got another thing to do. And, you know, some guys like a slower paced thing. like Concrete doesn't wait for you. No, not at all. Not at all. But, uh, before we hop into the next topic, I want to talk to you about that because you mentioned material. How has this been with COVID? Um, have you guys noticed a shortage? Because even here with small residential, it's been hell for us. You know, we haven't. We haven't noticed a shortage, but the where it ships out of is farther and it's more expensive. Like 
a two by four used to be 50 cents a lineal. Right now it's 75 cents. So, you know, just for anybody, an eight footer, how much is an eight footer now? Let's say a 10, a 10 footer is $7 and 50 cents, right? That's a lot of money for one two by four. Hell yeah, it is. You got to use that thing wisely. Yeah, you better, by the time you're done cutting, you better have a pile this big and that's all I want to see. No, that's how it is with small residential here too. The last house we did, we were way over budget regarding material and it wasn't even that big of a place, but it definitely hit everybody a little bit different. Um, yeah, well, think about it. That's a quarter. Oh no, that's uh that's a quarter more, right? Yeah, that, that's like a, your whole cost. Our biggest price jump we noticed was with OSB. Um, I watched the stock market quite a bit and Norborg stocks was like a gold mine come March. It, it went down to, I think it was somewhere around 10 to $12 a share. And then right about now we're, we're hitting 35, $36. So had someone wanted to jump in a little bit lower earlier in the year, they could be making some That's almost hundred percent on their money, huh? Uh, right now it'd be about three times. You'd make damn good money. It's insane. I'm telling you, we're in the wrong business. Yes, just... we are. We should be on wall street. <laughs> it should be. Who would have thought these hat wearing hooligans don't know their shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. Um, I want to jump into a topic that's pretty controversial and it's the difference between you and I. That's okay. Union versus non-union. Um, more or less what I'd like to talk about. Uh, I'm going to kind of step back here for a sec because my big push is with the youth. And to be honest with you, if I had to tell a kid right now which path they should go on, whether it would be finding a small residential company that's non-union or finding a union company they could work for, I would push them your direction all day long. And I, I actually worked with a kid down in um, SoCal area. And at 19 years old, he's making 30 something bucks an hour. He's driving a nice new truck and he's killing it in the union. And to be honest with you, that wouldn't happen in residential. So um yeah, basically just see what you think about that union versus non-union. Um, could you explain how they land a job, the whole process? Well, let's see. First, we'll say pro-union. I'm pro-union. For sure. Being the fact that no man is not equal, right? Like, and I, I mean that with the greatest respect. No, there's, I, I did this one post where it was uh, no race, no color. Earner brand, right? So that that goes across the board. If this guy's worth this much, he should be paid that much, right? Meaning union sets the standard. And I know a lot of guys that work non-union that hey, more power to them. That's that's their choice. It's a freedom of choice. But if you're gonna work for, let's say, let's say, let's keep the numbers easy, right? Let's let's say you're working for ten bucks an hour. You're topped out at ten bucks, right? And you're doing the same work, but this guy down the street is paying you seven bucks an hour. And he has the right to tell you, well, you're not worth that 10 bucks an hour because that's what you choose to believe, right? So you stay there, you work there 10 years. Guess what? You still got that seven bucks an hour, but this guy over here, you got this union that's fighting for you, pushing for you, pushing for you, right? Because you're only the voice of one and he's by himself. He's just the voice of one. And he might have four guys that want more money, but hey, there's really no power there. But you have this, this long line of history where people fought for equal rights, workers' rights. I'm pro-union because of that fact of like, hey, I get my break. I, well, guess what? You, you need to work through your break, but you didn't get paid for it. Now you work through your lunch, you didn't get paid for it. Wait a minute. I worked through my lunch. 
I get time and a half on that lunch, right? So most employers don't want to work a crew because it, seconds equal minutes, minutes equal hours, hours create days, and so on and so forth. And in the end, it's all money. But to say union, I'm pro-union because I get my benefits, I get a vacation check, I get all these things that the union has fought for you. And the guy across the street, he might be a badass carpenter, but he doesn't know what he's getting. But so he's happy and he doesn't want to create no waves. And the exploitation of the worker, it's not cool, man. It's not cool because these guys are getting more than you that are doing the same amount of work. So go pro union. Now, if you're a business owner, I wouldn't say go union because you got to pay all this shit, all this people that don't don't really fucking get what they want. You know what I mean? You're, you're in a different ball game after that. I, well, I, yeah, because that's the difference between being an owner and being a worker. You know what I mean? When you're an owner, you're, you, you're about the business and the dollars and cents of it all. You're, you're pushing like, you know what I mean? The, like I said, those seconds are hours and minutes and so on and so forth. That's the difference between a hundred thousand and 300,000, right? Depending on what you make. I mean, you guys are in business for yourself, right? Yeah. So you know what it costs and nobody realizes how much comes out of your pocket. Not at all. You know what I mean? Like they're just all like, look, you might have a nice truck and you might be doing this and you might be on the internet. Hey, you don't know what the fuck you got going on, right? It costs a lot of money to run a business. Just like we were talking about that material. Hey, guess what? The cost went up, but you still got to come in on that bid. That's, that's neither here nor there for your business costs, right? It doesn't matter what the world does. Hey, this is my contract bid and this is what happens. So it's kind of a double-edged sword in what side of the fence you want to be on. Like, yeah. yeah. How, how can a youngster find a spot in, in the union? You got to learn that no doesn't mean no. You go hit a job and you want a job and you tell them, I want to work for you. And well, I'm not hiring right now. And you come back the next day. I'm not hiring kid. I'm going to come back every day till you give me a job where somebody doesn't show up one day. You're going to give me a job. I'm going to work hard for you. You're going to realize how much of an asset I am. That's the mentality they got to have. And if the guy pulls him on, then he gets sponsored in. Hey, he has a job. So what, so he, what does an apprenticeship program look like for say someone that's 18, 19 years old? How, how long is it? And what, what's that process like? It's, it's anywhere from four to three years, depending on how many hours you work in a day. I mean, you get on high rise, you can be in and out in three years. You could go from uh roughly 18 bucks an hour to 40 bucks an hour just like that in three years 22 years well, old making 40 that's awesome yeah i mean i i've been a journeyman since i was 23 years old and back then it was like uh i think it was like 20 20 bucks right that wasn't that much but in that 10 years it's went up 10 bucks you know what i mean and then as as far as um job security goes once you're in with the union how how is it as far as like keeping employees do you have a high turnover well okay just because you're a journeyman doesn't mean you're a journeyman right i love your wisdom man i love right? it I mean, I, I you have these punchlines like, you have these punchlines i love it how about this one you ever had to make chicken shoot out of chicken shit? <laughs> there you go you know what i mean like so <laughs> Just because you're a journeyman doesn't mean you're a journeyman, right? So, like, you'll have a journeyman that's bad. I mean, he's a badass guy. I mean, he knows how to do walls, decks, fucking flyers, um, 
uh, columns, all the shit that it entails, right? And then you got a guy that might have been on a bridge his whole career, and then he comes in, and he's, he's not well-rounded, right? But he knows how to build the shit out of a bridge, or he knows the shit out of flat work or curb and gutter, because that's what he's done. So as far as your turnaround, you get what you put in. And that's the bottom line. If we got a big project, hey, we need bodies. Guess what? You made the cut. And as you start going higher and higher and higher and you start needing less people, well, guess what? You didn't make the cut. You know what I mean? So the good ones stick around. That's like with anything, you know, you don't for sure you don't want guys that are just there for a check and don't want to hustle, don't have no enthusiasm to do the work. They're just there. Nobody wants that's bad for morale. You know what I mean? But We've talked about this before because I brought up um, the 2008 recession and one of the biggest things that kept people afloat was being versatile, being able to do more than one thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people that were framing specialists, they, they had a specialty license to frame only and they were dead in the water. But the people that knew how to do more, they were out doing remodels. They were doing kitchen and bathroom models. They were, they were staying busy. But I, I like that. I'm, I'm kind of glad to hear that. So the more versatile you could be, chances are you're, you're going to keep your job. Well, yeah, because look, check it out. You like, I know there's a lot of people that say, Hey, this and this and that. Right. But the carpenters dictate everything. The carpenters build the decks, the iron workers put the, the rebar on the decks and then the walls come in and then the iron workers put every, I'll tell you what, ain't nobody ever told me where the fuck to put the rebar. I tell you where to put the rebar. I tell you where to put the columns. I put the bolts in so you can set. You know what I mean? Like the carpenters dictate everything. I give you the lines of north and east and west and we lay out of that. You come ask the carpenter, hey, well, how far is this off over here? Well, where do I do? Like I said, you don't tell me shit. I tell you what, right? <laughs> right? I mean, it's the truth, right? The plumber comes and says, hey, uh, what's going on over here? are you asking me for my opinion or am i telling you where it goes right aka (laughs) i tell you what right so there's this big debate about carpenters and you know iron workers and plumbers and electricians and shit like that but at the end of the day we're all blue and we work for a living so you know what i respect them yes sir uh, you know what i mean like you you've got to but there's always that little you know that that job site there's going to be battles between the trades for as long as we're alive. Forever, forever. And, you know, and it's all in good fun and it makes the job go. And uh, yeah. Fuck it's it. the camaraderie, man. It, yeah, it's the camaraderie. Right? The, the thing is, is even like at a super young age, it was like, if the guys give you shit, it means they like you. Like if, exactly. you're, not getting, if you're not getting shit, like there's something wrong. You, you got you got to like search for it make sure someone's dogging on you a little bit which is true i mean it's 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 a lifestyle i mean it's definitely mm-hmm. a lifestyle i want yeah i want i want i want to bring up some of the uh, the youth in the industry um you and i have have talked a little bit about this but you're pretty passionate around this aspect as well but um you know the youth in the industry the union is always bringing in new faces um how, how are the how are the young guns you've worked with are, are they pulling their weight and what's something that you think the youth could do prior to working in a spot like you're at to kind of better their chance at keeping their job? For first and foremost, they have to want it. If you're just doing a job, a summer job, it's, it's not for you. You're, you're just wasting time. Right. But if you come in and you're hungry for it and you show enthusiasm for the work and Hey, I want to be, be good. 
one thing is, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are, right? If you, if you hang that. out with carpenters and you learn the carpenters and you learn the ways, you understand they go to bed early and wake up early. I mean, yeah, I said that right. No. Anyway, <laughs> you right? go to bed early and wake up early yeah, or yeah. they go to bed real late and wake up early. That's a whole different story and a whole different <laughs> channel. But anyway, um, but to, to be for real, swing a hammer. Like if you really want to be a carpenter, pick up a hammer, go buy a hammer, buy a box of nails and a piece of wood and see if you can do it. I mean, I had this one kid, um, God bless his soul. I, I got a lot of jokes. So he, uh, he's going like this, right? And he's nailing eights, right? Cleats, right? For a six inch curve. I'm like, all right, put these on, put them every three feet. And it was long, right? Long, right? <laughs> and so anyway, so I tell him, all right, nail these eights in, right? And he's got his bags loaded up. And um, so he's going like this, right? He, he hits the nail, bam, right? And he's going like this, right? And I'm like, dude, I didn't know you were in a band. He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a hell of a drummer. Oh, boy, swing that mother. <laughs> he was going like this. Oh, that's cute. Like, oh, you keep rhythm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he got it and, you know, he learned. But muscles that he hadn't used before, you know, train, get strong. Like, first thing you're going to do as a, as a first period, hey, guess what? All that material needs to come over here. Pick that up. Pick that up. Learn how to touch your toes. If a guy can't bend over, you know what I mean? Like you can't you touch your toes problems. standing straight up. We're going to have problems and you're going to have problems because this work is that. Ernie, so, I, I, want, I want to talk about Matt. Hold on. Before you're you killing me, man. You're taking the next one. Uh, Whatever you guys want. Uh, so we're talking about the youth in the industry. And the, Matt, Matt and I were doing a panel uh, a couple weeks ago. And one, one thing that was brought up and we were talking about this before we started recording the podcast, but, uh, the Y generation, the next generation, the millennials, the generation Z, whatever you want to call them, the, the up and coming guys. Um, a lot of people categorize them as the Y generation, always needing a reason why they're doing something so much explanation. And I, and I think that frustrates, um, some of the, uh, the older guys in the industry, like, why does this next generation needs so many reasons to do something. We were talking about the Y generation, but I, I, I'm kind of curious. You, you had a really good perspective before we jumped in and started recording, but tell us a little bit and, and share some of your wisdom around the, the, uh, the whole Y generation. I, you know, the Y generation is some of the smartest kids that have ever came out, right? Because they know how to balance a checkbook. They might not have no money, but they know how. They have the tools, right? And so when they ask a question, it's not based upon why, why do I got to do that? Or why do I get that? It's based upon their phone being in their hand. How do you spell this? How do I do that? Or how do I download this app? It's just a question and it's, it's ingrained in them to ask a question. So I think the Y generation can teach the old generation just as much as we can teach them because we're constantly learning off of each other, right? they might not be as rough and tumble and, you know, gritty like the older generation because they weren't raised like that. They didn't get to go out and throw rocks at each other. You know what I mean? The only thing they did was throw tweets and texts at each other. Hey, I'm going to kick your ass. For sure. tweet goes back and forth. You know what I mean? When you're with your friends in our generation, we throw a rock and the rock hits him in the side of the head. And then he says, I'm going to kick your ass. Right? So like, it's different. They were raised different, but they're not, they're not bad. We, as the older generation have to learn how to herd them 
and show them, hey, look, this is why. And nine times out of 10, you give them that extra five minutes, it goes a long way because they can come back to you. And they're not afraid to say, how come I'm doing this? Wouldn't it be easier if I did this? And sometimes they give you a little bit of perspective because you've been trained by the old ways and you've got to learn that, hey, you know what? Damn, you're pretty smart, kid. You don't tell them that, but uh, you, <laughs> you don't tell give them, them that much. Yeah, you don't give them that much, but you understand that they're smart and then you give them a little bit more. And the more they ask, they're, they're really good at like, okay, give me, give me fucking 25 embeds right here. And then down this line, put them every three feet. They might pull their tape out every three feet, but they're learning the process of it all. I just, that's just my personal opinion yeah. on the why generation, you bring up the, the but they're not all good. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> <laughs> you, you bring up a good point though. It's, it's the, it's the information generation. I mean, the, the, the immediate thought that jumped in my head when you were talking about the, uh, the, the Y generation is kind of like the Google search generation where any type, right. any, any type of information that you need, you just Google it. I mean, like just saying it is so fluid off the tongue. Just Google it, just Google it, just Google it. I'm sure, I'm sure you were, uh, you were doing a lot of that too when you were first starting your, uh, your business with the hammer and everything, but yeah, it's, totally. it's, it's more of the why generation is not that they need an explanation of why they're doing it. It's, it's more of like the education thing. They're not trying to challenge the older generation. It's putting the puzzle pieces together, again, to your point, to, to learn about the process, to understand where the puzzle pieces go versus just being told what to do to be another cog in the machine. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, go ahead. it's more or less knowing what in the hell you're doing. Um, as somebody who's just gotten to the industry in the last 10 years, I wanted to know what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I, I can agree with what both of you guys have said. Um, when I'm putting on A35s when I was 16 years old, I didn't want to know, okay, freaking nails go on the bottom, nails go on the top, it's done. I wanted to know what the purpose of that freaking piece of hardware was in that specific location. So as I got older, like I, I still have a strong tie of Simpson handbook with me and I flipped through periodically to look through different hardware just where I can understand each and everything to where I know when and where to apply it not just okay the plans tell me it goes here I don't know why it goes there but it goes there I want to know the purpose of it what it's doing and why it's there and I think I've seen that a lot with the younger generation too is you can tell them how to do something and they'll do it but when you teach them that a b or c is there for uplift and this is what it's preventing or this is what it's helping with it seems to click a little bit better and they, they progress quicker. I think so. I, I second that. I just really feel they don't want to be stupid. They don't no, want to I don't, like I don't think anybody that. does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so take the time and give, give them the respect that they deserve. I mean, I'm, we but, live in a world. yeah, go for it, Ernie. But then you got you to gotta read through the bullshit too. Well, why am I doing this? Motherfucker, I already told you why you were doing yeah. that. Don't ask me twice. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, we, we live in a world with information overload so much information and i think like especially now there's so much noise in whatever industry it is you're kind of like what you're you were saying you kind of have to sift through the bs all the time yeah. like and, and the why and everything like that so i i think it's good it's important too because i mean uh even when you look at the current state of construction right now we got like 40 percent of our industry retiring over the next 10 years there's gonna be a massive generational workforce shift and i think it's it's not even, I think it, it has to happen 
but the the older the veterans need to train and just show the purpose and everything that this next generation does so there's a knowledge transfer if there's not a knowledge transfer in the industry you're going to have a massive gap in a workforce that understands and knows what the hell they're doing yeah and then the only person that's going to suffer is the contractor exactly that you won't make deadlines you won't you won't perform so i went to vegas for a uh training journeyman 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 leadership training program and he talked a lot about that about how uh we have to bridge that gap because the population is growing mm -hmm. construction there's always construction yes and people are always going to move out and people are always going to need shelter people are always going to need excuse me food um this industry does so, not die so what does it do right you it's growth, it's expansion, you know what I mean? So we have to build, we have to, and we're gonna have to find new ways like wood. Wood is not as renewable as it used to be. We're gonna have to find different sources. I think we're heading towards that quite a bit with like, we, we've talked about this before. There's a lot of new products that are coming out. There's a lot of changes being made. We can only grow so much and it only comes out so quick. I, I agree with you completely. What do you think about manufactured homes? Since we're on the, uh, <laughs> the building process of it. We've talked about this prior to. Um, I like the idea of it. I like how quick it can go up. Um, the one thing I don't like is taking the craft out of what we're doing. Uh -huh. I, I personally enjoy being able to put something together that looks freaking phenomenal and say, I built that. But when you think about like, I'm all for prefabbed panels and stuff, but the more we get towards that, I feel like they're more or less just trying to, drop the prices of labor and increase the amount of homes they're putting out. So I don't know, as somebody that's big into the custom home industry, I, I don't exactly like it, but for big multifamily and stuff, I'm all for it. I, I think that's it makes a lot fair. of sense. With fair that. Answer. Fair I answer. think it makes a lot of sense for the multifamily and everything. Uh, Matt and I were talking with some big suppliers a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's this, there's this notion that a lot of people believe that, just the, the manufacturing industry is just going to completely replace construction. I think that's entirely false. I, agree. Um, I, I think there's so many different moving components that are really going to help, you know, what, whatever you want to call it, the housing shortage, the labor shortage, everything that's going on in the construction industry. I think there's so many components that need to work together to build a better industry. But, you know, even, even talking on the, the manufactured homes and everything, we were talking to the suppliers a couple of weeks ago and there's this big push on affordability. And if you look at other uh, other countries, I, th I think they were talking about Japan, right, Matt? Where they were, uh, yes, they're, where they they're, were talking about how the the average cost of a home is about seven times the income in Japan, and primarily all of their methods are manufacturing methods. Mm -hmm. And so we have to take in consideration too. And in, in America, even if you know we're dealing with people that like customization uniqueness to to how they build and design changes and all these things so um again that, that's kind of just my perspective on it but i, I don't think it's completely going to change the industry or replace it plus I think the, it, it can definitely make a movement with multifamily and stuff that's yeah i agree, I agree. such as track homes where you've got the same layout flipped three mm -hmm. different times that that's perfectly fine but when you get onto these bigger customs and you have six different wall heights and three different roof pitches and nothing is normal that's where the brains come into it and you actually have to think through everything and make sure that it all pans out i i i'm sure it could be done in 
channelized walls and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, I feel like that sh- that stuff should definitely stay on site. Yeah, I, I agree. You don't you don't want a custom homes that came out of a box. You you want everything built right. Exactly. You, you, you don't on it. you don't build a damn gingerbread house out of a kit and and come up with some mansion. You end up with the same damn little box, and it looks the same as the package. If you're wanting you're something right, bigger, right. you, you want better it. buy three of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Ernie, is is there any products that you're seeing like 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 panels or or even like cross laminated timber? We've talked about that on the uh, the podcast. If you're familiar with it, is there anything that that you're pretty uh, stoked on right now? Uh, any products or materials? You know, I like those. I like those I beams. You know, what I mean the wood I beams mm-hmm. come out. They're plywood in the middle, and then they got a two and a half inch. Those are cool. We use those on on deck systems and stuff like that. Those are pretty impressive. We're but, uh, slowly working towards more engineer, especially out here in California. Um, so I know you see this quite a bit. We're working towards pretty much everything being engineered. Um, I haven't built a floor system in ages. That's been a traditional two by 10 or, or two by 12. Everything's manufactured at this point. So I think that's definitely the future. Well, you have a span, like, I mean, you could get, they have these commercial joists that'll span 40 feet. Oh, uh, they're, you, they're you couldn't, you couldn't get that with traditional lumber. No, you got eight. Oh, they 18, 18 okay. inches tall. They're commercial glue lamb joists and 40, we'll feet, 40 feet. That's big, dude. That's, that's massive. That's big. That's a long distance with no interior supports. You can't get that with regular wood, but no, not at all. Never. So that's a pretty exciting. I'm going to jog us back a little bit and talk more about the, the work side of things. Um, kind of a touchy subject as well. I looked up the statistics on this because rod busters are known for having a fairly dangerous job. And there's actually 68 deaths per 100,000 employees compared to five deaths or seven deaths, depending on what you look at for drywallers or carpenters. So you have a 10 times higher chance of dying than I do. Not, not that that's a bad thing, but um, has safety progressed over time since you've been in the industry? Cause I know you've been in it for a minute now. Um, as far as, my side of things, residential framing, we've made a huge leap compared to what we were doing before I was even born. Have you noticed a big safety increase as well, especially with union? Well, so union has always been real safe. Yeah. And, and I know the guys that work non-union that come over and make the jump. They're like, we never had to do this. I'm like, well, this is what we got to do here. This is how we get it done. And um, safety is a big thing because, I, you know, I run work. So, I take it as a personal responsibility that every man that works with me or next to me, he's going to go home. You know what I mean? That's, I don't want the weight of his soul on my shoulders because I've never had anybody die under me. And um, I don't ever want that feeling. I don't ever want to have to call one of my friends, old ladies or boyfriends, whatever. um, And say, Hey, you're not coming home or she's not coming home. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that. So safety is always first. And we, we tie off at six feet and I don't like to see the apprentices. Hey, uh, Hey dude, look, six feet is six feet, man. Don't nothing's important enough to risk your life for like, it's just not. And that, that whole gun ho attitude, like I got it. Don't worry about it. Look, that's only in the movies. Mother. You know what I mean? Like the, the hero, you know, he may fall, fall, car and you know come out and stands up trust me you're not gonna do it (laughs) yeah 
You know what I mean? Like it's just safety is a big deal on our job, you know, handrail, tow boards. And um, just to think like I was working on a project and I was on some scaffold and somebody dropped a wrench and it hit me in the arm. Right. And it hurt. Like, I mean, it hurt. And it was only three floors, you know, nine inch wrench. And I don't know if it hit right, but it was like, think about if that would have hit me in the head or just, oh, and it was an accident. Yeah. I mean, or right in the neck with a spud, like it's over. You know what I mean? So to answer your question on the statistics, yeah, it's dangerous out there. It's real dangerous. And the companies I work for, they don't, they don't play. Like we got a full-time safety guy and uh, we are all on each other's ass about safety. I'm glad to hear like, that. Yeah. We, we don't mess around. I mean, cause it only takes one, one mishap or one second or one wrong cut and yeah, and it's over. I mean, and there's been a lot of people that died out here. So yeah, I feel like yeah, the, the, residential, subject, you know? the residential side of things, um, especially with non-union we're still seeing depending on where you go there's there's still quite a few people that are running and gunning with probably the most dangerous setups you can have they're not tied off on 20 30 feet up third story and in my opinion as i got a little bit older because that's that's how it was when i came into it as well i don't want to die i don't care what we're building i don't care who we're building it for there is nothing worth me not coming home to my wife and kids at the end of the day and i know like i I haven't always been the safest over time but I don't care to die for any project that we're doing. And that's kind of how we've, we've pushed all of our guys as well as we've kind of progressed into a more safer um, work day is that nothing is worth getting hurt over. Nothing. If it costs us thousand bucks to rent a scissor lift for a while, freaking do it. If that means somebody's not riding the Ridge the whole entire time and risking their life, we're all for it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys are like that, especially with the youth. Cause I feel like some of these kids get into it and, they don't want to disappoint. I've seen it firsthand. So they'll do anything possible and they, they might not know what they're doing, but that's mm. when the accident will happen. It was, they just simply weren't educated. Yeah. And, and they got to realize that it ain't, it ain't a joke. You know what I mean, like, like you had mentioned, um, you know, prepping up the saw, the saw guard and, yep. you know, I had a friend, he cut his leg open and it was an accident. It wasn't even prepped up. It just, the guard kept sticking, sticking. And instead of getting a new saw, it just, it wound up, binded, went up his leg. And he got lucky. It was, it was only like, yay big, but you know, maybe, maybe an inch in, but he dark guy to him real life, real quick. He was, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, but he was okay. He was okay. But it's just that split second. And I was talking to him and I was like, what happened? He's like, just bam, like that. Like, you know what I mean? And this is a seasoned hands down, badass carpenter i mean fast fast good efficient uh dots his eyes and crosses his t's and is good at his trade and just that day it bound up and the saw studied up and right up his leg and it'll it'll happen to anyone i feel like you're right a, a good friend of mine great carpenter as well his big thing was never frame angry and that sticks with me to this day and shit wasn't exactly going right on a project we were doing. We were, we were building it for a buddy of ours and there was 12 or 14 of us on this project, three story uh, bottom was commercial up top was residential. He went to go cut a line brace and guard was pinned. We were freaking running and gunning. And sure enough, he went to go cut this line brace. It wasn't nailed up at the top of the wall. He started his cut. The line brace fell off the wall, 
shot his saw up and then straight through his wrist. He cut both the bones and his arm was left dangling. But his big thing was never frame angry. And that day, everyone was pissed. And sure enough, it was the one day that he was mad. He wasn't on his A game. And it caught up to him. Whatever happened to him? Is he okay? Is he? He got his arm back. They freaking, we were, <laughs> that's a great way to start it out. <laughs> so the dude kept his wrist. Um, we were working downtown. Hospital was close by. Um, that project, everyone was pretty on it. We had a, a full-on map drawn out of where the hell to go for the hospital. Uh, they got him there in, shit, less than five minutes, and he was bleeding bad. Um, they managed to sew everything back up. They flew him out, and he, he got surgery and stuff, but he kept his arm. He doesn't have a whole lot of function. It still works, but I didn't think they were going to keep the damn thing at all. But he, he still has a freaking arm, so it's impressive. His finger work at all? Yeah, his finger, I, I don't think he has feelings in a, in a couple of them, but for the most part, his hand works. I told him, um, you awesome. know the, the cut lines on the boxes, on the Simpson boxes where it says cut here? Uh-huh. I, I always told him he should get one of those tattooed across it, but um, <laughs> he hasn't gotten there yet. Soon, though. He's going to tell you, this finger still works. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that takeaway though, Matt. Never frame angry. Just with oh, anything. You, you, you can't you can't do anything angry. If you do shit anger, you end up screwing it up. Yeah. I, I can vouch for that one. Yeah. All right, Ernie. Not a good game. I want I wanna I wanna definitely talk about this this beast of a of a creation that you're uh you've been building. The hammer? Oh yeah, that guy. The, the hammer, hammer, man. Yeah, this thing you uh brought to life, the hammer that probably looks like no other hammer that i've seen I've, I've been you know following and engaging and we've been chatting and it, it looks gnarly but I, i'm really just curious to to jump in before we talk about the how and then you know you're launching the hammer and everything Let, let's let's talk about like why you did it in the first place um you know i i did it to like there's a lot of naysayers right like you know you talk about hey i got this going on i got that going on and uh if you want to see people on Mars, you tell me I can't get them there. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's just who I am. Always has been. You're not going to make this date. You're not going to, oh, fuck you. I'll make it. Why? I beg to differ. I love that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I fucking dare you. You know what I mean? Like, I always just put this post in um, Earner Brand worldwide. Want to bet? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a sure thing. You know what I mean? The sea biscuit right here. But, um, no, like, I was, I wanted to start earner brand. Right. And anybody can, and I'm not saying any kind of disrespect to anybody. Right. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is anybody can start with hats and t-shirts and hoodies. That's like the tree, right. The, the tri, the trifecta. Right. And um, so when I was going to come out with earner brand, I had, um, I had to think about something like what, what, what is a product like a product that sells itself, like a product that puts your name on the map. And, um, so I told everybody like, I, I'm gonna make a hammer. Right. And they're like, okay, what the f- is this guy talking about? Make a hammer. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you just go make a f- hammer. Like it's already 30 on the house or what are you doing? Well, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, and that was, that was like, um, one of the big factors, like everybody's like, Oh yeah. Well, what is it going to look like? I said, well, it's going to probably be like this and like that. And then, uh, so, you know, you, you start telling your buddies about it and you start to realize who are your friends and who are 
just guys you work with, right? And uh, so it became more of a, yeah, watch this. Watch, I'll build a hammer and I'm not gonna build a hammer, I'm gonna build the hammer, right? And uh, so I knew that it had to be good. And I'm not saying good, but great because I would be judged on it. You know what I mean? It, with anything that comes out, people judge you and this and that, right? So I started working on it, which was like, there's the first model. I don't know if you're left to right or right or left, but I'm going to point to this one like a weatherman. Right around here, we're going to have a storm, right? So, <laughs> so right here, this one, this was the first one, right? And it was the first thing that I was working on. Okay, you know, with 3D printing, it didn't cost that much to make prototypes, right? Or models, so to speak. And so I, I started with that one. And there was a lot of things that I didn't like about it. So then I started with this one because I wanted a wrench for the, uh, the she bolt because, you know, in bridge work and, um, high rise, we use tons of she bolts or any, any kind of John wall. They're like the golden savior, right? Put them on your bulkheads, put them at the bottom of your walls and you can go full liquid head. And, uh, depending on how many you put in, but anyway, <laughs> so then I went to the third one. I don't know if you can see it right there, but this one was the third one. That one was, that one was sexy real sexy everything about it was sexy strength wise but nobody wanted to make it right because it took too much to make right so then i i leaned it down and we got to remember sometimes things don't happen to you they happen for you by leaning it down it opened up so many different tools that i could use based upon building it right so then that's that's how we came up with this one right here Right? That thing is beautiful. It's it's sexy, but this right here, this is for she bolts, right? So it had to be different when I built it, and it had to have multi-use functions because most hammers are, what are they now? They're a side puller, like and everybody has them now because the patent wore out on them, right? Mm -hmm. So you got a side puller, uh, claws, and some kind of cool handle, and. Uh, just a striking face with a, a nail set, it. right? And that's it. That's that's the basis of a hammer. And you can go anywhere from 120 to 50 bucks for a good hammer in that range with that. Now, a wood hammer, a little less expensive, but um, there's so many things involved. And you have all these people saying, hey, well, shock this and shock that. Shock the f up. You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> if you don't know how to use your hammer, look, you're going to blow out your elbow anyway, right? Yeah. I've been doing this 20 some odd years now and uh, never had any issues with my hammer. I used metal hammers, wood hammers. Um, it's really the way you swing and how much energy you let transfer back into your elbow, right? And that's a given thing. Uh, pitcher's elbow, pitcher's shoulder, and tennis elbow. That's real. That's a real thing. But the way they swing it's the way they transfer the force and then they hold on to it so tight that there's nowhere for it to go. So it transfers into the elbow or into the shoulder and the rotator cuff. You know what I mean? But if you swing a hammer, you let the energy release in the hammer and you just let it hold in your hand and you don't squeeze it tight. The thing vibrates, but it just vibrates in your hand. Everybody knows that, right? But anyway, that I'm not here to teach people how to swing hammers. We're talking about my hammer that I built. But before we go any further, if you guys, for, for anyone listening that wants to check this thing out and see just what kind of creation he's put together, um, the website's earnerbrand.com, E-R-N-E-R-B-R-A-N-D.com. 
go on there and check it out. That way, when you're listening, you guys can follow along and understand exactly what we're looking at. Ernie, I think, I think the thing that's fascinating about the, this hammer is it's, it's the functionality. Like you've built it for real job site use. I mean, I, I've watched you uh, work with it, some of the videos that you have and everything. Um, it's real world use. And just, just talk to us about the, some of the functionality, like how you use it, because it's not like what you said, the, the traditional hammer. You use it in so many different areas, I've and that's watched, why you I've, made it. I've watched you pull a stake out of the ground with the handle of the <laughs> yeah. damn thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I totally forgot about that one. Uh, it does so much. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No. Uh, yeah, it, it not do? <laughs> it hasn't made me a sandwich yet. <laughs> but, uh. No, I see, like, if you guys want to go through the features, we'll go through it real, real Q&A real quick. Like, okay, so this, like I was talking about on the first one, it didn't have this. And I wanted this because how many times do you actually use a shebolt? Use it a lot, right? And then if you're doing um, Dewey Dad rods, they come with an inch and a quarter bolt. So that's an inch and a quarter. But then you can always, like, if you're working on something smaller, you can put a bolt in here. Right, right there in the top of the thing. Yeah, well, let me feed that and one and that'll shrink it down to anything you got going. This is a brand new hammer, so it's still tight. Right, but usually you do it by hand, and it'll shrink it down all the way to a half inch, depending on what size bolts you have. But see how it goes in there. That is badass. So, how how long has this thing been in the works? Well. From original design, like concept idea for you to the one that's sitting in your hand right now. Uh, it took about a year in all truth, like from design concept in my head to set my paperwork for my patent and then ultimately having something. It should have been out at the beginning of the year, but I guess what COVID happened. So I think COVID got, kicked all of our asses. It, it threw everybody for a loop, but, uh, yeah, I had this whole plan to hit World of Concrete. Nobody knew who I would have been. Everybody would have been up there, you know, the big names in the hammer industries and shit like that. Like, we would have uh, got to meet, do some Q&A, and it would have been a real good shock factor. Like, who the fuck is I this guy? I love the underdog. I love yeah, it. totally. You know what I mean? Like, the underdog. Like, don't count us out. We're, yep. We just got here. <laughs> We're only getting started. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's, like, look at the videos, but... um. And then I designed these claws. These claws are designed like this because I don't know if you ever rolled joists, right? And usually you break or bend a claw. So when you stick it in there, it sits in your joist on the aluminum joist, like on an Atlas or a Perry okay. system. And it sticks inside and it, you can hang on this thing. You know what I mean? And it just, it gives it a groove where it, your norm, your normal claw ends up bending or breaking. Yeah. And we have our, we have our nail puller underneath. I'll be showing videos of that later. We got our. What our, are these uh, things made out of? These are 7075 aluminum aerospace. This is a uh, chromoly steel for the head. So building Erner brand back to what I was saying, I had to build a product that would build Erner brand, not just be, not just be a, a something that could or might happen. So I had to put the hammer because it's a symbol. It's a symbol of, holy shit, that carpenter did that. I can do that. You came in swinging. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so 
yeah, and like we said before, there's never been a problem that a hammer can't fix. <laughs> God, you're giving us like slogans. Hey, you guys, I got mine copyrighted. Just don't, 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 don't TM those yet. <laughs> Let me borrow them. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys want to check out the hammer link is in the description of the podcast down below earnerbrand.com e r n e r b r a n d.com you can check it out i'll have it up on my instagram as well you guys can check it out there too all kinds of rad uses for that thing oh it's 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 a game changer guys game changer i don't like, know how many of the, the features i could use personally with just rough framing but to be honest, oh, with I you, got one for I want, you. Ready? I want I to swing one, one of the damn things. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Here, I got one for you. Ready? You want me to use the big tape or you want me to use the little tape? Or maybe you use the earner brand tape. There Ooh. you go. <laughs> Product okay, line. So check it out. So when you're doing layout, right? Yeah. And you need a square line, right? I, you might have seen that video. I saw that video. But, the top of that thing acts as a square. Yeah. From here, when I designed it, from here to here, that's a big square line. Yep. So... From here to here, like if you want to do a square, like a big square, I use it to just square lines and walls over, like when we're doing John walls. You usually got a big square and you get your, so your sheetings will match, right? Or your seams will match. But for you guys, because you know, I used to do a little residential framing, you know what I mean? And it makes a big difference, you know what I mean? But look, so from here to here, right here. D describe this describe this for the people who are on audio hooking, hooking top of hammerhead holy shit right down there to the bottom is right here where six, that little c 16 is 16 on the dot uh-huh and then if you go from here to under here it's 16 no shit right so then if you're gonna lay out this from here to here is an inch and three eighths so you get your 16s and then you mark centers but if you're doing layout and you're doing quick layout and you don't care what your hammer looks like and certain you're going to get to a point where you don't even give a shit because it's a tool. Now you take a spray can and you spray and then you're done. So you'll have your inch and a half That's of where your studs go. Fast. You know what I mean? So like when I, like I said, when I designed it, we were talking about it. It was, it was built around utility and then I shaved everything off to make it look the way it looks. It's the apprentice that never talks back and always <laughs> is willing to jump in. Sounds like I need one of those now. <laughs> dude, it's, it's sick, dude. And, you know, for wood, I mean, wood, metal, stud framing and shit like that, it's badass. But I built this, this for, the, for the metal stud framers, like that little section right there. Because, you know, they use a smaller hammer so they can cut the bottom off if they want it. And then it's a little framing hatchet for those guys. Hell yeah. Because I, I thought about them all. Like, I didn't want... Oh, what do you didn't think about us? You didn't think about, you know, because I, I used to do lath too. I've done lath, drywall, tape, plaster. Like I, when it comes to building, when I say I can build a house from the ground up, I can. I can probably wire it too. Take pride in that. That's bad. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, my old man taught me pretty good. Before, before every uh, episode, we wrap up the end with a fast five, as we call it. I wrote questions. the first three questions here. Keep that yeah, in mind. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt why can get credit on these. The, the that's why they're actually ever... decent questions. Uh, debatable. No, they're good. Uh, but we wrap up every episode ending with a fast five. So that's five questions to be answered in a sentence or less. So the first question is, your favorite tool belt is? I use the Occidentals. Nice. Second, tape measure of choice is, but you can't say earner brand. 
Uh, I use a Stanley Fat Max at work. Crab or lobster? Oh, I've got to have lobster. Really? Yeah, I love lobster. And besides that, it looks expensive when you have this big-ass lobster tail. And people All like, bougie. Hell yeah, it does. Question number four. Your one message to the next generation would be? Earner brand. Get up to get down. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And the last one is, uh, what does bread to build mean to you? It's, it's something in your DNA. You make more of them. I couldn't have been said it better, man. Ernie, I uh, appreciate you joining the Bread to Build podcast, learning a little bit more about the, the union life the, uh, and the discussion around that. And then, uh, you know, even giving us the opportunity to, to get you on here early, the, the hammer coming available in the market here soon. So we're super, super pumped to not only support you and your journey. We've been talking long before this, this launch of the hammer and everything. So it's pretty badass what you're doing, you know, making construction sexy again, having some swagger to it. Um, the whole earner brand thing and everything. It's really, really awesome, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. I and, really uh, do it from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, thank, thank you. you, brother. And before we let you off the hook, where can people find and connect with you? You can find me on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram, and you can find me on Hammer. Woo! At earner brand. At earner brand. I the think day you're Dave, that's earner brand, right? Yeah. I think you're Ernie on Hammer, though. Am Ernie? I? I thought it was it was earner, right? No, or it you, could be yeah. earner. My change. We change my I don't know. Name, you right? search Ernie, Erner Brand, you'll find him. The day yeah, this podcast comes out, pre-orders open up for the hammer. You guys can go to ernerbrand.com and grab yours before I grab mine. I'll race and you I to it. And I grab mine too. Yeah, Frank. let them know. I, I have uh, the first 50 will be shipped immediately to whoever orders them. And then uh, after that, you're going to have to wait the eight-week period that it takes to build these things. If you like this episode and you like what we're doing, drop a review. If you'd like to join us on the podcast or have some topics in mind that you'd like us to cover, feel free to shoot us an email at bread to build podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find me on all platforms, Brett Gowen. You can follow me on the hammer app or follow these social channels. We are hammer or builders of Insta on Instagram. Wanted to thank you guys for listening. You can find me on pretty much every social platform at Matt Bangswood, along with hammer.com slash Matt. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode of the Bread to Build podcast.